Welcome to Food Farms and Chefs radio show, where we highlight everyone from the top industry leaders to startups and farmers that make it all possible with Chef Jean Blum and photojournalist Amaris Pollock. At this time, it is an absolute great pleasure to welcome Jonathan Anilek, one of the co-owners and manager of Four Humors Distilling to Food Farms and Chefs. If you're not familiar with Four Humors and just the history and, and what they do there, this is a location and, a, and a, you need to visit and a podcast you need to listen to because this is a place to go. Jonathan, welcome to Food Farms and Chefs. Great pleasure to have you. Guys, thank you so much for inviting me on. It is a pleasure to be chatting with both of you. It's you wonderful know, it, to chat with you, too. <laughs> it's really wonderful to, uh, you know, talk to you. And, and I know this is kind of a father-son uh, endeavor. And I love the fact that your father, who is a doctor of 35 years, uh, nicknamed Dr. Bob, because uh, for pe- people who may or may not be familiar with, you know, Dr. Bob was also one of the key founders of Alcoholics Anonymous, too. So now we got the scales balanced on both sides. <laughs> you know, I but, did not uh, realize that. I'll have to chat with him about it. <laughs> so, stories like that where things are balancing out, evening out. So if I'm correct, um, you know, what led you and your father and then your master distiller, who we'll get to in a few minutes, was really, a, you know, a love of all things Philadelphia, but a love of whiskey as well. You know, you and your dad going to ball games, going to area bars, trying different things. But that father-son bond, uh, you know, what what was the trigger that said, hey, you know, let's open up a distillery? Uh, so really, my father is the visionary behind this project. Uh, it was his idea from the beginning. We, as you said, we love whiskey. We have a passion for drinking whiskey together, talking about whiskey, trying different whiskey. And, you know, not just Pennsylvania whiskey, but from all over the world. Uh, we saw this as a unique opportunity uh, with the limited distillery license that we have to kind of get into the Philadelphia market, the Pennsylvania market, eventually expand to the country and the world. But we saw this as a fun little you know project that we could do together. Um, you know, we looked at, you know, perhaps just a regular bar, but a distillery is more intimate. It gives you that, you know, the start to finish where you can age the barrels, bottle them yourselves. So it's really just a passion for whiskey. Uh, you know, the project has taken a long time to get off the ground. We looked at countless properties. And one of the interesting things is we, uh, because of all the alcohol we have on site, you need industrial zoning to uh, open this type of business. So in Philadelphia, the options are kind of like, you know, deep South Philly, you know, where the stadiums are, Washington Avenue, underneath the train tracks, like 24th Street. Or in this, you know, old Kensington neighborhood. And so we were looking at properties. We were just saying, where do we see the most growth potential? This place has been an absolute wonderful spot for us. Uh, We opened in the middle of the pandemic, I should say. We had our soft opening on the Saturday prior to the Monday when the city shut down in 2020. And we're like, ah, no problem. You know, we'll wait two weeks. Everyone was saying two weeks. So, you know, quickly two months passed. So in the middle of the summer, in the middle of pandemic, with outside seating only, on July 1st, we opened a whiskey bar. And, you know, it's been, there's struggles throughout the way, obviously. Um, You know, nobody knew who we were in the beginning. And really, I have to thank and give credit to the neighborhood, the community. Um, They supported us so much throughout. 
Um, you know, we did the takeaway cocktails in the beginning. I uh, wish we could still be doing those, but, you know, this is not a political show, so we'll leave that out. Um, but, you know, when everyone was doing those takeaway cocktails, a lot of places seem to kind of dull their cocktails down, kind of simplifying things. And we were like, we're not doing that. Our cocktails are amazing. We love how they taste. We love the balance. So instead of serving them in plastic to-go containers, we just started buying mason jars. And we would do our the same exact cocktail we would have done inside as a to-go cocktail. And people absolutely love that. We, you know, we try and offer the best product that we can, and people appreciate that. Well, you know, you have a little bit of a slogan, slogan, and I'm not gonna, it's not really your official slogan, but you know, all good things must take due time. And, you know, I think that that you really preach that in your cocktails, in your menu, and what you do and, 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 you know, your father being now that, you know, the doctor of Aquavetti, which is, you know, the water of life, you know, so you really transform that. Tell our listeners who may not understand, uh, you know, and I'm taking, I'm assuming it's coming from your father, but what the true history of four humors is not necessarily the distilling, but the whole philosophy. Well, yeah. So the name came up, uh, we were, we worked with, uh, a uh, group, uh, a marketing team, 29, located in Conshohocken. Uh, they came up with a bunch of interesting names. My father and I chose this one. So four humors uh, goes back to the ancient Greek mythology. The four humors keep the body in balance, keep you healthy. And we believe that whiskey is part of that balance that keeps you good. Obviously, no medical claim intended. Um, but, yeah, it's just, you know, we, we we think a nice life has a little whiskey in it, if you will. Uh you know, something to relax after a long day or you're going to an Eagles game, something to start your day off with. So two little corrections. I uh, I agree that, you know what, I'm going to go out. You don't have to. I'm going to go out on, on the line and say, absolutely, there's a medicinal value in whiskey and anybody who thinks about it. So, you said two, that, Gene, not me. <laughs> that's right. I said that. And, and, you know, the other aspect is, don't be don't be afraid. We do get political on here. I'll fight with the LCB any day in the state on things, <laughs> you know, have been and uh, always will be. You know, the hospitality industry is the most over regulated industry there is in America and in the state of Pennsylvania. It's even worse. But enough about that. So one of the things about you that I really, really love is that you guys brew exceptional whiskeys. But you're also not afraid to showcase other products because you believe that an educated client is the best client. And you have a lot of other PA products that you showcase there. You know, that had to be, you know, okay, is this something we want to do? You know, so many places only focus on what they do, but you're not afraid. So what, what was behind all that? So again, we, I don't want to say we lucked into it. A lot of hard work, a lot of thought came into this, but whiskey, you can't do a four-year whiskey in a day. It takes four years to age. So when we opened up, our whiskey was not ready for the bottles. It needed more time in the barrels. So we had this place, we had a license, we were ready to rock and roll. And we were like, you know what? Let's start getting other people's whiskey, their bourbon, their rye, their blended, bringing it in. And so we brought in a small amount now, we're never going to do our own vodka, our own gin, our own agave spirit. Can't call it tequila unless it's bottled in Mexico. So we started bringing in all those products as well. We started making cocktails. And we just love the idea of showcasing other places, local PA whiskeys. 
And so it just happened that I was like, you know what? I want to have the largest collection of whiskeys available, local PA whiskeys available in the state. We currently have over 60 unique bottles available on our uh, on our whiskey list uh, that you're able to order when you come in. We have, I believe it's eight whiskey flights on the menu featuring a bunch of different distilleries. And it's just everybody's doing something different. If you think you're going to encompass everything, you're 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 kidding yourself. You know, everybody has their own specialty, their own niche, their, you know, the the way they fill the void. So um, yeah, it was just kind of it just made sense for us to explore. And I, I always like to say, if there's a good whiskey available in this state, I want a bottle of it. So we're always looking out. We work with uh, a bunch of different distilleries very intimately. Um, New Liberty, Revivalist and Resurgent, Wiggle Out in Pittsburgh. And, you know, they're, they're, you know, more established companies than us, but they've been really nice to work with. And, you know, I like trying all these different whiskeys too. So it's not a bad thing. You know, everyone's like, well, which is your favorite? I'm like, well, it depends on what mood I'm in, what time of day it is, how I'm feeling, but nothing's on that menu that I haven't tried. Yeah, it, it is. We were talking about this earlier. It's a tough job, isn't it? You know, being that <laughs> person has to taste all that. Well, it is a tireless job. I'll tell you that. I mean, you know, these Fridays and Saturdays and Sundays, you know, we're only open Friday, Saturday, Sunday right now. Um, and, you know, those days, we're not sleeping more than a few hours a night because we open, you know, at two at uh, four o'clock on Fridays. We close at 11.45. Saturdays, we open at 2. We close at 11.45. And Sundays, we open at 2. We close at 8. We're likely extending Sunday hours soon because there's demand. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's fun. And seeing people come in, enjoying everything, it's uh, it's been a really heartwarming experience. And, uh, yeah, we were doing, you know, during the pandemic, we had all the tables going. And um, we used to, like, you know, it was, it was slow in the beginning. That's just how things were. Um, so there are times, you know, I would just be standing outside meeting all the neighborhood puppies. And they still, all these puppies, they'll try and get me the treats for them. So even when we're closed, when our shutter door is down, these puppies will be waiting for their treat because they don't understand the shutter. They don't know we're not there. So, you know, it's really just being, you know, part of the community, part of the neighborhood. That's a real, really, really, really you know, wonderful testament to who you guys are. Let's get back to your whiskey a little bit. So I know a little bit about whiskey. I know a little bit about the stilling. And I know that Robert Kessel, your master distiller, is amazing. I mean, Scotland trained by, you know, one of the best distillery and brewing schools in the world, uh, has numerous gold medals. I believe it's over 20 from, uh, you know, international competitions. How, I mean, I'm going to say how fortunate were you to be able to get him on board? Oh, yeah. And- you know, I mean, what a wonderful thing. Oh, he's a great person. I mean, he he's forgotten more about whiskey than I know, and I know more about whiskey than the average person. So working with him is just wonderful. I'm going to give credit right now to uh, one of my old childhood friends, Matt Laver. He works for Weber Gallagher. He's our wonderful attorney. Um, him and his uh, one of his colleagues, PJ Stapleton, introduced <clears throat> us to Rob Castle. And uh, Rob met with me and my father, and it was you know, a match made in heaven. We each had that same vision. We're hard workers. We're passionate about what we do. And we were like, all right, let's get this thing up and rolling. And having him being able to taste things with us, guide us in where the flavor profile should go, educating us. It's, 
I mean, it, it, you, you can't put a value on what he's added to the company, really. Oh, no, what, what a great name, what a great skill, what a great history he has uh, with himself. So tell us a little bit about what whiskeys, if I came down just from you at For You, what I can have right now. Absolutely. So we actually just came out with our first four-year-old bourbon. So it's uh, age four years, 90 proof. I'll show you the whole bottle here. Wonderful. <laughs> what are the tasting notes? Uh, so it's very rich in caramel, a little smoky. Uh, the, it is 51% corn, 49% malted barley. Um, we've been hearing from a ton of people that have been waiting recently, and they're like, this is seriously <coughs> smooth. Hey, like, how did? And, you know, it's all about the aging process. Um, this is three different barrels blended together. And, I mean, you know, I could describe it all day long, but really, Gene, you just have to come try it yourself. Well, uh, believe me, it, it will be very soon. I mean, guys, what is it? You know, 2.20 in the afternoon, I'm looking at this bottle and I want to sip right now, but I think I should wait just a little longer. 2.22. (laughs) What else would be, uh, what else would I, would I be uh, looking to when I came down? Would you direct my way? So this is our first and only bottle out right now. Um, We're actually going to start tasting and blending our rye. Um, That's going to be a two-year-old rye. It'll come in at 90 proof as well. Rye has a little more spiciness to it. Bourbon's always a little bit sweeter. So, you know, it it, it, it really depends. You know, a lot of people are afraid of rye, and I'm not exactly sure why. Um, So, you know, you come in, and we are just chat with you all day long about the whiskeys, how we use them in cocktails. Uh, We do, like we mentioned earlier, we do these really nice flights where we do four different local PA whiskeys, and then we have a little bit of water on the board as well. And with an overproof whiskey, overproof anything, a hundred proof or higher, it can have a little bite to it. Adding just the smallest drop of water softens the bite, opens flavors. So we like to give people that option to really change it just a little bit. So, you know, you make it your own. Don't put it on ice, please. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. Thank you very much for doing that. I it kind of, uh, okay. So, and I'm, I'm a big rye guy. I like rye. I actually love, you know, a rye old fashioned is my preference more than, uh, you know, not. I, so I, for rye, I prefer a Manhattan. For yeah. uh, old fashions, I do prefer it with bourbon, but we'll, we'll, we'll be happy to do a rye old fashioned for you. And, and I like uh, Disobedient Spirits has a cherry infused, a dark cherry infused. Oh, I have not tried that one yet. It makes it. <laughs> an amazing old fashioned as well. Gene, uh, where are you at? I'm on my way. Okay. We'll pour you some of them any day. <laughs> so let's get to the to the Rick House or the menu a little bit. And I love the fact that you know you could be kind of sitting in the Rick House, which is the aging room and you got some snacks available. Tell us a little bit about your menu there. Because I know um, you yeah, so our food menu, uh my wife, uh Becca is a, a New York trained chef. Um, so we kind of developed the menu together. We don't have a full kitchen at Four Humors, so all the work is really done ahead of time. So um, one of our best sellers, Bloody Mary deviled eggs. Uh, we took deviled eggs. We had a little Old Bay season. Of course, you have to have some cayenne because you need the heat. That's the, that's the deviled egg part of it. Some Dijon, some mayo. And then we top it with bacon and a cornichon, a little pickle. And I mean, in the beginning, it was tough to keep them in stock because we'd have, you know, 
a two top come in and order four orders. And I'm like, guys, that's a lot of eggs. They're like, yeah, but they're the best deviled eggs we've ever had. So um, that's one of the menu items that we absolutely love. Um, as we were talking prior to the recording, we also do uh, candied bacon. We were inspired by an Alton Brown recipe. Um, Alton Brown does everything amazing, but we do this better. Love you, Alton. Um, so the candy bacon cooks in the oven for around two to three hours at 400 degrees. Uh, it's made with uh, brown sugar, red pepper, and black pepper, thick cut bacon, and that's it. Um, the key is just every piece of bacon, for some reason, cooks differently every time. So you'll have a sheet tray in there. Half the bacon's done, so we're taking some of the bacon out, putting the trays back in. But it's sweet, it's salty, it is just a, a fan favorite. Uh, we also do a cheese board with uh, ever-seasonal rotating cheeses from DeBruno Brothers. Just you know, If you don't have a cheese board at a cocktail bar, come on, I mean, what are you thinking? Uh, one of the newer items we just introduced is a homemade pimento cheese dip. Uh, it's got a little spice cool. with pretzel crisps. And, you know, just things that we're able to do ahead of time, grab them and serve them. And then we have, you know, like these butter puffs, bowls of pickles, things of that nature as well, that we don't really have, we don't make them, but we serve them, we'd offer them, because we think they go well with cocktails and with whiskey. Sounds like an amazing day just sitting down there. I think I could spend a Saturday or a Sunday all day there enjoying the menu and trying different bourbons and, you know, getting an Uber home. So, uh, oh, yes, please, Uber. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So as we're running out of time here, tell our listeners where we can find you online and in person. Uh, so we're at fourhumorswhiskey.com. Please check us out on Instagram as well at fourhumorsdistilling. Um, honestly, guys, before opening this place, I never posted on twin Twitter. I never posted on Facebook. I never did any Instagram. And I'm actually the one that manages the uh, it, all our social media right now. We take pictures of the cocktails as they are served. Everything looks the way it is. We don't stay. I mean, we'll occasionally bring in a professional photograph. What's up, Luke? Um, to, you know, really stage the photos. We did that when we released our bourbon. But, you know, it's uh, everything's you get what you see. Everything, every cocktail, we want it to look exactly the same. Of course, the whiskey always goes going to look exactly the same. Um, I don't think I said where we're located yet. We're at 1712 North Hancock Street in the old Kensington section of Philadelphia. Uh, right next to where Stateside Vodka is, just the, uh, one block over from Fishtown. Um, so, you know, right in the middle, you know, we're like off the beaten path, but like by two minutes off the beaten path. So it definitely worth a visit. Um, before we run out of time, I would like to mention our cocktails, um, if you don't mind. Um, Go for it. Cocktails are made to order. We make the bitters in-house using 151-proof vodka um, from Boyd & Blair. Um, we squeeze juice fresh daily to order with some cocktails. We do this citrus sour cocktail made with caracara oranges. I don't know if you've had caracara oranges. They're the sweetest, most flavorful oranges ever. However, orange juice 30 minutes after being squeezed, yeah, we don't really want to serve it. So we'll squeeze that one to order. Um, Gene, you were mentioning how you enjoy rye. Something we've done with rye is a vel our velvet remedy. We muddle strawberries to order with this cocktail. It's with an ounce and a half of rye, a little basil garnish, and everyone's like, well, I don't like whiskey. What should I order? The velvet remedy. It is so smooth, so delicious. And it's the cocktail that introduces you to whiskey if you don't like whiskey. And you're, and we say all the time, 
you might come here not liking whiskey, but you're going to leave here loving it. You know, it's funny. My wife is a country music fan, and she does not like beer. So she decides <laughs> that she has to embrace whiskeys, and I'm a whiskey lover. So, you know, we've had one or two, but when I saw that on your menu, I looked. I said, okay, before the next show we go to, this is where you're going. We're going to go down and have a drink there because that one in particular I saw, and I said, you will love this. Well, listen, before you visit us, uh, make sure you reach out to me or make a reservation on Resi. Uh, during peak hours on Fridays and Saturdays, we'll have a full house at times. Uh, you know, we have standing room also, but I want you to have a seat. I want people to be comfortable. So make a reservation on Resi. Show up early. Bar seating is always first come, first serve. And, uh, yeah, you know, we just want everyone to have a perfect experience. You know, we hear from people all the time. Also, you guys are way too nice to be a cocktail bar. Everyone's so friendly here. And I'm like, why do you have to be pretentious and rude to your customers if you're a cocktail bar? Like, you know, we want it. We want you to have fun. We want everyone to enjoy themselves. You know, if you're having fun, we're having fun. If we're having That's fun, we're right. having fun. So it's just everyone working together. Yep. Yeah. Thank you so much. It was a great pleasure. And uh, everybody get out and go down and learn about whiskeys and try some great whiskeys. All right. And we thank will you so much. <laughs> no problem. And we will be right back after this short break. To become a sponsor of Food Farms and Chefs and have your business or event promoted on two radio stations in Philadelphia that play on Tuesdays during Drive Time Radio and on a station in New York on Fridays at 1 p.m., you can email us at foodfarmsandchefs at yahoo.com, ibfoodie2 at yahoo.com, Hi, or and welcome back to food farms at and chefs. I am super excited to introduce <laughs> personal chef. Personal chef Dan Nineral, who is has a company called Modern Classical Chefs, and you are running that out of New Jersey, if I remember correctly. So, Dan, welcome to Food Farms and Chefs. Thank you so much for having me, Mars. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. No problem. So, you come from your history or your career background. Previously, was um, in corporate in corporate America, but how did you, you know, start in on on this on this leg of your career? Yeah, um, you know, I've been cooking for like thirty years. Um, always loved it. it; was my passion. I started out like you know watching all the the amazing shows that used to be on PBS at the time. You know, great chefs of the world, Emerald, uh, 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 Raging Cajun. You know, Justin, uh, the uh, the Raging yeah. Cajun. Uh, so many great shows, and I just took a love to it. It was my passion, but I was doing the uh, the nine to five grinds. You know, uh, did that for uh, for many many years, and um, then COVID happened. And uh, got me to look at things a little differently. I saw a need for this uh, this business. Um, I hired a, an excellent coach to help me flesh out my business, my branding. And uh, um, I decided to hang out my shingle. You know, I, I quit the corporate job, walked away from it to do this full time. And, and I couldn't be happier. Couldn't be happier. So 
I mean, <clears throat> a lot of people who switch careers, obviously they have a transition where they have a learning curve. Um, I'm looking at some of your menu items and you went like you don't have basic um, basic foods. You have more elaborate foods that you create for people in their homes. Um, so where I mean, you said that you've obviously I mean, you're an adult, you've been cooking your whole entire life, but um, wa watching television shows and, you know, then transitioning into actually creating some of those dishes that are far more elaborate than most um, home taught chefs. <laughs> um, what, like, how did you garner like the skill level where you're creating something that's a little bit more elevated and eloquent as far as um, people's palates are concerned? Wow. Well, thank you for the compliment. Because to me, like, I didn't want to do the uh, the alt cuisine, you know, the foo-foo with uh, the microgreens and the, you know, plating with tweezers and everything, because that's, that's out of my realm. But uh, I wanted to do, like, my whole vibe is I, like, I love Europe. I always feel like I was born on the wrong continent. I love the way they do things over there. I love the, the way the food tastes, the wine, you know, just their whole you know, passion towards life. And I kind of wanted to, you know, synthesize that into a business model. So I figured I'm going to do, you know, um, European cuisine, but like, I, I like to do French, but I, I like to do like French bistro, you know, like rustic kind of dishes that, you know, that gives you good portions. Um, you know, it takes a little bit of uh, technique to make, but you know, the flavors are amazing. And, um, you know, there's a thing called YouTube. You know, every day, no, every day, like I, I'm, I'm scouring recipes, right? I'll find a recipe and my wife, you know, she didn't know it until recently. She's been my guinea pig for many years. I'll try things out on her and I'll, she, she's brutally honest. She'll give me her opinion, no problem. And then I'll tweak things, you know? So it's like, okay, I find something that looks great. Well, now, you know, I want to make it. So then I'll start, I always look for the authentic people, right? I don't look for you know, John's, you know, recipe, here it is. I look for like the, you know, the French grandmother or the Italian grandmother, you know, how are they doing it? And just kind of, you know, go from there. You know, you have a basic skill set, you know, knives, knife skills, sauces, things like that. Then it comes down to the technique. And I study that meticulously every day, every day. I'm looking at something every day. Before I came on, you know, I'm on my phone looking at things. That's just the way I am researching researching um, <clears throat> it's and i mean even going out to eat at some of the fine fine dining establishments you can write off as research too um <laughs> but uh walk us through because you know obviously you're you're entering people's homes and you know creating these you know culinary delights um you can opt between three courses and four courses of a dining dining experience um, in your own home, walk us through like what the process would be for for someone to hire you to Kate. Sorry, I don't want to use that trigger word um, to create a um, cuisine, a dining experience in in their home for a private party. Great question. So what it is, it's, you know, I, I network weekly. You know, I meet a lot of people, you know, generate the interest. And then, you know, I invite anybody interested to give me a call. We'll schedule a personal chef consultation. So in this consultation, I have one tomorrow, as a matter of fact. And um, we'll talk about likes, dislikes, 
any food allergies? You know, do they like fish? Do they like protein? You know, I'm not necessarily a vegetarian guy, but, you know, I'll give everything. I have a repertoire of all kinds of uh, different recipes. And, um, you know, it's about getting to know the client. So what you do then is is after you've had that consultation, you get a little feel for what the client likes. Then you go back and forth with some menu choices. So you'll say, okay, you know, we had this talk, you know, you like proteins, you know, do you like beef? Okay, you know, here's this recipe with this side, you know, this salad, you know, this this dessert, etc. And you go back and forth, you propose a menu, they might say, Oh, you know, I don't like that, but I'd like to have this. Okay, back to the drawing board, kind of give them a couple other things. Then finally, when they uh, decide on the uh, the menu, what they like, um, you uh, would send a deposit to uh, to book the date. And at that time, once we have the date booked, we'll go out, we'll do all the food shopping, we'll come into your home, we'll we'll cook the meal, we'll serve the meal, we'll clean the dishes, we'll clean the kitchen, we'll take everything so you can spend time with your guests. You know, my motto is like, open that bottle of wine, sit back and enjoy your guests. And I mean that because a lot of people that, you know, never had a personal chef, you know, they uh, they're in and out of the kitchen, you know, and they're stressed and it's like they can't enjoy their guests. And it's not a fun experience. So I just did an, an event two weeks ago and the woman thanked me up and down like, oh, you know, you took care of everything. You know, that was wonderful. And I said, that's that's what we do. That's the whole essence of, of what we do. You know, we bring that restaurant experience into your home. Now, I, I'm Gene's probably chomping at the bit because he's been in the culinary industry in all various aspects. So I feel like Gene probably has a question for you. Sure. Well, I think it's very important as we skating around the topic a little bit, something that you spoke of. I mean, Excuse me. And so many caterers will actually confuse this. And, and you were so eloquent earlier in defining it. What people don't often know is that there was a very distinct difference between, as you said, a private chef and a personal chef and a caterer. And a caterer is not necessarily any of those three. Um, but what you do is a very finite world and very specific and obviously requires a skill set very tailored towards you uh, and understanding people. So can you define for our listeners what a private chef, personal chef, and caterer, what those differences are? Thank you, Gene. And and again, another excellent question. So let's look at a caterer first, right? A caterer cooks cooks the bulk food for the large events, Um. Yeah, they serve it in the in the uh, the chafing dishes. You know, it's served buffet style. Usually, it's for a much larger event. Right? A private chef would be someone that works for an athlete. Let's say, so an athlete might hire a professional chef to, uh, um, you know, cook them certain meals for a certain nutritional requirement, and that private chef works for them exclusively. You know, cooks for them breakfast, lunch, dinner. If they have friends over, whatever, it's like an employee that's on call to cook, you know, food whenever the client needs it. Now, personal chef is a little more intimate. OK, so we offer three basic 
basic kinds of services. Um, if anybody checks out my website, uh, we do a weekly meal prep for for busy professionals that don't have time to cook uh, nutritional meals, don't like to cook, you know, whatever. We'll go in there. We'll cook a week's worth of meals. We'll label it. We'll freeze it. We'll put it in the refrigerator, whatever they want. They can grab it on the go. They love it. Um, we do a family family style uh, dinner, uh, you know, working professionals, again, a mother or father doesn't feel like cooking dinner. They want to do something nice for uh, for their family. We'll come in and, uh, you know, we'll cook a dinner. We'll serve it right at the table, but we'll serve it more family style, you know, and the dishes and the, uh, you know, the Dutch oven, you know, whatever we're cooking in. It's, you know, a much more, uh, um, um, not quite as intimate as the plated, which is our signature service. So the plated event is like I described on what we have with our uh, consultation. Um, they want to have something, you know, um, intimate, like a restaurant experience brought into their home. It's, you know, three course, four course, whatever they want it to be. We serve it. We can serve it French style, American style. Yeah. You know, uh, we'll serve it with wine. I'm on a big mission, by the way, to, to serve my uh, meals and pair them with New Jersey wines. And uh, I love it. I'm scouting out wineries to bring something different and unique to my clients. And um, that's what we do. It's much more more intimate experience. And no disrespect against our restaurant brethren, by the way. You know, we don't want to take anything. That's a whole different realm, you know. The whole idea be behind a personal chef, and it's where we're kind of ahead of the curve on this because a lot of people don't really know that we exist. And um, um, it's a good thing because, you know, we have to explain to people what we do and they're really open to it. You know, when they find out that someone comes in your home and can can cook like in a, you know, a restaurant experience, they don't have to go to Philly and worry about parking, you know. Um, all those things that, you know, poor service because they're short staffed, you know, whatever. So it's a little, little different and very, very uh, personal kind of service. And it also um, bodes well for, say, like we just came off of Easter, obviously, <laughs> Passover, Easter, Ramadan, all of uh, the, the big religious holidays kind of coincided at once for, you know, the first time in 33 years. 30 years. Yeah, I just read that. <laughs> and, um, and, you know, but. It's also something where it would be amazing to have a family gathering or even just a gathering in general for something where you're like, you don't want to go out because it's a larger party or group of people and you want it to be more personalized. So, you know, hiring somebody like yourself with your company would obviously, you know, coincide with having that larger group and not having to worry about the running around of, of, and cooking and not being able to spend time like you had mentioned, because I've definitely been I'm usually I'm usually the person in my family group that gets um, tethered with the whole, you know, cook for everyone um, because I'm the one with the most skill in the kitchen. But uh, but, you know, it it eliminates any time that you actually get to spend with the people that you love. So it, you know, for things like Easter, like Mother's Day, which is going to come up next, I think um, you yeah, can man. hire. Yeah, you can hire yourself, you know, to to come in and cook for everyone and take the make everything easy. You got it. You got it in a nutshell right there. That's exactly it. You know, someone 
you know, birthdays, you know, anniversaries, things like that, you know, we, we get a lot of uh, inquiries on and, um, you know, I'm open Mother's Day, you know, nothing going on so far, but uh, um, that's a perfect example right there, you know, for like a family plated, you know, something, you know, a little more, not quite as fancy as a plated, but, you know, you have friends, um, you know, family, and uh, you have a nice, uh, nice intimate day. So. So say somebody like myself, who I eat just about anything that you put in front of me, and I, I really don't have any food allergies outside of weirdly pear and kiwi. Um, <laughs> but uh, what would be something that, you know, a menu that you would create for, you know, a three course menu? Uh, let our listeners know, because we have a couple of minutes left, so... Yeah. Yeah. I'll give you, I'll give you a four course menu. That's usually what we'll do. We'll do an appetizer. We'll do a salad. We'll do a main and a dessert, but, uh, I love filet. So I'll just give you like, I, I just cooked this for my wife because I cooked it for a client two weeks ago. I didn't get a chance to eat it and I absolutely love it. So <laughs> I did a, um, I did a Sambuca shrimp appetizer. All right. So we, uh, we got the shrimp, uh, you know, tiger prawns, sauteed them and a little bit of sambuca a little bit of butter a little bit of shallots finish it with some cream you know serve that uh um with some chive you know wonderful appetizer and then i uh, did a uh, salad leonese which was uh bitter greens uh lardens <laughs> uh it sounds fancy when you say it that way and um, um, you poach an egg, you put that on top, the uh, the yolk runs right down, you know, uh, nice and neat and, you know, creamy. And that's served with a sherry vinaigrette. Then we'll go right into the main, which uh, would be a uh, pan seared filet and a Bordelais sauce. Uh, so that's where my New Jersey wines come in. I, I, I scouted this out specifically. I wanted to keep it New Jersey. And obviously Bordeaux uh, wine is French. So I went to Sherat Winery. I went to the sommelier and I said, you know, this is what I want to do. They recommended the perfect wine. So I did six fillets. Uh, that was uh, one bottle of uh, wine. Um, I make my own stock. Um, did that, reduced it down, served it with some bone marrow. That was the main. And my signature dessert is uh, bread pudding with... Uh, with a butter bourbon sauce. I love that all day long. Drizzle it right on top. That was it. That would be a typical menu I would do. And that sounds absolutely wonderful. Now, for anybody who is looking to hire you, where can they find you? www.modernclassicalchefs.com. All right. Thank you so much for joining us on Food Farms and Chefs. And uh, I will reach out probably to have you come in at some point in time. Uh, but I offered you a free tasting anytime. I know. Uh, for anybody looking for a delicious meal uh, created inside your home with the cleanup on top of everything else, <laughs> reach out to Dan. And we look forward to uh, speaking with you again at some point. Amaris, thank you for your time. Gene, wonderful meeting you. Uh, it was a pleasure to be your guest today. Thank you so much. Jeff, thank, thank you. you so much. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
Join us on Food Farms and Chefs Radio Show, where we highlight everyone from top industry leaders to startups and the farmers who make it all possible with co-hosts Jean Blum and Amaris Pollock with original episodes that debut every Tuesday at 6 p.m. on WWDB 97.5 HD2 and at WWDB. It is my honor to bring on Jean smart Blum, speaker. who is one of our co-hosts on Food Farms and Chefs, to talk about Tranquility Brewing Company. Gene, welcome to the show. <laughs> well, welcome, everybody. Kind of strange being on the other side of the microphone, but hey, you know, it's a wonderful opportunity to talk beer and bourbon and food and the future of Tranquility Brewing. And I mean, talk about a history. You guys, you know, are in located in a building that has so much history for the U.S. because you know, astronauts trained there. I can't imagine like walking into an event space and seeing this gigantic um, wheel in essence where, you know, astronauts sat inside and got spun around. Yeah, it is kind of a, a unique thing. So we'll start off with a little bit of you know, Tranquility. Uh, tranquility Brewing Company does not get its name from the idea of peace and tranquility. Uh, it is named after the Sea of Tranquility, where Neil Armstrong first walked on the moon. The reason being is because Tranquility Brewing is located in the Fuge. The Fuge is short for the Centrifuge. The Centrifuge was one building as part of the Naval Air Development Center in Warminster Bucks County. That was a secret military installation up until the 90s. Um, some of the great research or the Navy that came out of there was GPS systems, uh, you know, Nomex firefighting system or fire retarded uh, uniforms and systems. And then the centrifuge was one building in it that holds the record for G-forces. It was a G-force testing machine. It is the world's largest, most powerful centrifuge ever built, capable of doing 40 Gs. It's just an amazing piece of history. But the great history of it really was when NASA kind of moved the space program training up there and all the astronauts were coming up to train prior to going to the moon and all the way up into the early shuttle days. So it wasn't just a one-time thing. You know, it was Gemini, Mercury, Apollo, and beyond and into the early shuttle days. So that is the, the heart of the building and then the brewery is one part of that. Uh, we also have the Fuge, which is our large event space. We have the studio, which is our medium event space. And then we have the lab, which is our smaller event space. So really uh, a great facility that has our craft beers in every bar. Um, so we have our craft beers pumped all through the building. It's just a really a uh, fun unique place so speaking on the craft beers um obviously you know we're changing over from the winners where it's a like your lagers and your stouts where you have your heavier beers into your ipas and saisons and you know your lighter beers sours are probably going to start coming to play too what are you transitioning into as far as what's on tap so this week we're going to be coming out with the summer lager that's kind of along the line of Corona, even to where it's, you know, going to be served with a little bit of lime. Um, 
our cider and our chocolate stout and our hazy IPA are kind of our mainstays. They never really you know change. They're always there. Our chocolate stout is not a traditional, really heavy stout. It's I attribute it like a liquid Hershey bar. It is just delicious and smooth. Uh, it's a 10.0. It's a fabulous beer. It's just really something special. Our hazy is, is our mainstay bestseller. And our cider, which is uh, so deadly, I think I, I should get a kickback from Uber on this one because <laughs> it's a 10.1. It's infused with uh, a local cinnamon whiskey. Uh, Mermaid Spirits makes a cinnamon whiskey called Basote. So our cider is infused with a Basote uh, cinnamon whiskey, and it is just to die for. But uh, with the summer lager coming out, Right now, we just uh, released our Mango Belgian Blonde um, coming into the summer. So we do a, a good rotation of beers uh, through the program, as well as summer specialty cocktails and uh, and seasonal cocktails and, and wines. So what are some of your seasonal cocktails that you're bringing out? So uh, right now, uh, we do a, a jalapeno uh, margarita. That is, uh, we infuse uh, agave spirits with uh, jalapenos, and we serve with a little slice of jalapeno. Just a wonderful summertime drink. Um, We do a variation of a Cosmo that is absolutely fabulous. And then we also do what's called the Rude Cosmo, which is a Cosmo made with uh, tequila instead of vodka. It's a, a fabulous summer drink. All our cocktails are done um, and they're all named space themed and things like that. We also have a a wonderful little uh, cherry spritzer that we do. And then we uh, have a house-made sangria, which is made by the glass. Uh, It's a really fabulous sangria and that'll be extending. It's a red sangria now that's going to be adding a white sangria soon as well. I mean, I love, I love sangria. So the fact that you have uh, house sangria and that, you know, you're going to bring a white sangria, I mean, love a white sangria. Um, so what, what are we looking at as far as food menus are concerned? So this particular establishment, the, the brewery itself is very um, brew pub style. So we have hand formed burgers. We have great USDA prime eight ounce hand formed burger. Uh, we make our own pizza dough on site. So we have a uh, great little specialty pizzas. We have a, a margarita pizza with fabulous local mozzarella in it. Um, that is fabulous. Uh, a little selection of onion rings. Our, our accompaniment is a, uh, we, we have a spicy pickle that we use. So we do some spicy pickle chips as well as an appetizer. We do a great, uh, house roasted slow roasted roast beef uh a philly pork you know just some some basic standards that is all made in house all made fresh with a lot of love and care and just really simple great food pub fare we are going to be working um coming out in may we're going to be doing a brunch that uh we'll be using the cider to make our own cider donuts um, that'll be served warm and some other little things like that. So, uh, you know, always looking at new things, trying to, you know, figure out uh, how to have some fun with our beers and our whiskeys. We have a fabulous bourbon program as well. 
I do know that because you and I talk about that a lot, but, um, I want to also mention the fact that you have, you know, your space tranquility brewing company is not only, you know, friendly for obviously adults, but it's also friendly for all of your family members. Yeah. So we, we are a very family friendly brewery. Um, you know, we have, uh, some games, you know, available for kids we have a small private area for parties because we do have escape rooms in the building as well that you can pair up with and make reservations for parties and such like that but we have a beautiful outside courtyard area we are dog friendly as well um, we actually you know love dogs out in the courtyard playing having fun and we do a lot of things at christmas time santa comes for pictures with children and dogs uh, the Easter Bunny was here just here and doing pictures with children and dogs. So we do a little thing. Uh, Santa will be back. We're going to be doing a little Christmas in July event uh, later on in the year. So, you know, it's just we really encourage the whole family to come out and relax and enjoy on Sundays. Or I, let me say 99.9% of the Sundays we have uh, tours of the centrifuge. So you can come into the brewery between 12 and 3, uh, have a meal, you know, a couple of beers, go upstairs, uh, sit in the cockpit where Neil Armstrong and all the you know individuals who walked in the moon sat. You can take a tour and see space flight suits and, you know, the blue shoe and other artifacts that are around. This is a, a really great experience. What is the blue shoe? So the blue shoe is the the first so in order to get to 30 31.25 g's is which the world record is set at the human body cannot last more than 16. so an engineer had a theory that if you were immersed in a tank of water the water would dissipate g-forces so he created this device that looks like a giant blue shoe made out of uh maybe wash tins or something like that, old wash tubs that were riveted together. And he sat in it and filled it with water and hung it on the bottom of the centrifuge and used that to test his theory with him in it because nobody else would be willing to try. And um, that is the blue show. It went on to become a little bit more of a sophisticated device. They created the Mayo tank, and that's what was used to create the, the world's record of 31.25. That's crazy. And to think of that, all of that kind of just happened in Pennsylvania. Like, you, I wouldn't have known that. Yeah, the, the history of what, when you do a tour of the, the feuds on a Sunday, the history of what you find out that took place in Warminster Bucks County uh, for the space race, for the Navy, all the great stuff that took place. And listen, if you're a family and you have daughters in your family, bring them because... We, we really like to promote how important the women engineers who work there, the women scientists who work there, how important that is, you know? Yeah. I mean, and especially because we're, we're going to be taking another trip to the moon. Like it's like an exciting thing that's going to happen. Um, and we're all gearing up for that. And to have something with the history <laughs> of, you know, training astronauts, with their first steps towards that so locally like accessible 
I, I mean, that just hit that history in and of itself is kind of like amazing and a reason to like go out and visit and tour on Sundays. Um, but then, you know, but then you can stay obviously and have something to eat and drink. Oh, absolutely. And, and, you know, we do a lot of fun activities. We have a, you know, a cornhole league during the week. We have, uh, the first Sunday of every, or the first Saturday of every month. I'm sorry. We have a classic car show every day or every first Saturday of the month. So they show up at between two and three in the afternoon. And yesterday we had about 60 classic cars and it was the first one of the season. The second one will be about double that. And then we have live entertainment that goes with that. And, you know, just have a really fun atmosphere. We do, uh, you know, we do some things for Father's Day. We, we're going to be, we do it in the summer luau. You know, people come and if you have ideas, we'll take them. And we just like to have fun. We like to introduce people to the world of craft beer. Um, you know, we have eight different craft beers on, or a minimum of eight on, you know, tap at any one time. And it's just a really great atmosphere for, you know, the whole family, uh, you know, the cornhole boards are out and, and great outside patio and just a, a great feel and a great vibe in Bucks County. And, you know, we are the only craft brewery in Warminster. Um, and, you know, it's, it's just fits. It's really family based. Yeah. And, um, you know, not just that, but like in the lot, like it's it's family based, but it's also like it, you can. I mean, I guess actually that is, that is the point. You can bring anybody with you to the bar. Obviously if you know, you have little ones, they can't sit at the bar, but you know, they can certainly sit in the outdoor area or probably the, the tables that are, you know, in the air, in the, inside the building. But in the last four minutes of that you, you have on, you know, to talk about tranquility brewing, why don't you let people know, like, can they hold an event at, in, in the spaces that are available? Oh, absolutely. We do all style events. So our our little venue, which is called the Lab, it holds up to about a hundred people, and that's really great for like sweet sixteens and birthday parties and small family functions. Uh, you know, people love that. We're we're it's probably our busiest venue for number of events. Um, just in the fact that it's you know every weekend there's a couple sweet sixteens there. It's kind of one of them. Hey, for, you know, $35, you know, you can drop off your kids for three and a half hours. You know, we feed them. We, you know, give them sugary substances. Uh, <laughs> you know, we clean up after them. And at the end of the party, you kind of take the gifts and go home. And, and it's a wonderful situation. You know, we do the a dessert and, and a nice buffet for them and beverages. It, it's a great way to, to entertain. And then we have um, our softer feel because we are an industrial looking venue. We're, I mean, we're an old military installation. There's no hiding that. Yeah. You know, we do have, you know, reinforced concrete walls and, and things like that. But we have the studio upstairs named in honor of our beer maker, who is a Grammy Award winning music producer. And his studio is on the third floor. So the studio is, you know, nice carpeted venue, beautiful dance floor great lighting, giant built-in bar, a separate cocktail area, a little bride's room if you need one there, and everything like that. And then we have the masterpiece, which is the Fuge Room. The Fuge Room holds um, up to 800 people very comfortably. State-of-the-art lighting has 
two and we have the ability for a third what we need to 39 foot video screens i said 39 foot that's huge um has a a laser light show if need be state-of-the-art lighting built-in sound system so uh the dj will just kind of plug and play um built-in bars are craft beer all around that are in our bar packages and we do all our catering in-house we have customized catering packages we have catering packages that are all written out for clients and just a great ability but we do a lot of weddings we do a lot of mitzvahs a lot of corporate events uh we do a lot of galas we have angel flight east coming up so like a weekend like this coming in i have a 600 person prom i have um a gala i have a sweet 16 i have a benefit for uh, uh area fire company so i have things running across every price point going on i mean it's it sounds amazing and i i sadly i have not been there yet but i will i will be there um and you know i just to to be in a space that has all of that available um, where can people find it online and, you know, in person? So you can go to, uh, the venue is www.renttheFuge.com. That's R-E-N-T-T-H-E-F-U-G-E.com. You can go to www.tranquilitybrewing.com. Um, you can email me directly at gene at renttheFuge.com. Um, you can also go to Facebook for Tranquility Brewing or The Fuge. Um, you know, we are, you know, an out-of-this-world kind of situation. Our address is 780 Falcon Circle in Warminster, Pennsylvania. If you look at a map, it looks like it's in the middle of an industrial park. You are absolutely correct. It was in the middle of a military installation. So, uh, you know, we sit back off Jacksonville Road. We're kind of at Jacksonville Street Road in Warminster, Pennsylvania. All right. Well, Gene, thank you so much for joining us at Food Farms and Chefs on your own show and talking about uh, Tranquility Brewing. Hey, come out and visit us. Uh, you know, do a little brewery tour. We are on the uh, Bucks County Ale Trail. And, uh, you know, come out and give us a try. I think you'll be very happy with the beers that we have. And just everything about us. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. 